Hey there, friends. Before we get to a brand new episode of the official Do Good Better podcast, we want to thank you, the listener, for subscribing and sharing with all of your nonprofit friends. Most importantly, we need to be thanking the sponsors to this very show. Hey, if you're in the market for a CRM system that makes your life easier, there is no better item in your fundraising toolbox than DonorDoc. DonorDoc is not only the premier sponsor to the show, it is the premier and intuitive CRM system that not only has everything you want, but has zero things you don't. No one needs complicated, especially when you wear 10,000 different hats at your nonprofit. So get DonorDoc and use Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free to try it out. Thanks, DonorDoc, for being an awesome sponsor. Hey, speaking of life being easier, fundraising is not. And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a more content, more done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to either commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, join Do Good University. Hey, it's our brand new membership site. We have hours and hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the entire Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions. All of that is for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details. Hey, get ready for another episode of the official Do Good Better podcast. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast, where we help small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. Join host Patrick Kirby as he chats about the latest nonprofit trends, challenges, and success stories. Plus, you'll get actionable advice to help you be even awesomer. If you're a nonprofit professional, volunteer, or supporter, this show is for you. We'll tackle all the big topics like fundraising, marketing, and volunteer management. Our only goal to bring you the information and inspiration you need to take your organization to the next level. So grab that giant caffeinated or adult beverage and get ready to do good better. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. Conversation I've been having recently with a number of different human beings is it's all flashy on the front end when you are, you know, the fundraiser, you're the executive director, you're the board chair, you're out in front, you're doing all the things and you're waving around your hands, jazz hand style, and you are doing your interviews and doing these things. Great. You need money. You need to be a fundraiser. The unsung heroes of the nonprofit world don't get enough respect or they don't have enough access to training and coaching and speaking and conferences and all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about that today. If you are a nonprofit leader or you're a nonprofit executive or a fundraiser, I want you to listen to this particular podcast. And I immediately want you to go and have your team listen to this because we brought in one of my favorite humans to talk about this because, well, it's her world. Darcy Schatz is uh, my guest today on the official Do Good Better podcast. Darcy, welcome to the show. Hello, Patrick. Hello, everyone in the official Do Gooder podcast world. Thanks so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Been a long time coming, by the way. Uh, We have not had you on the show yet, uh, though we have conversations about this uh, sort of periodically. 
uh, in our dealings and our workings. Um, and I'm very excited to talk about um, those who are Here's here's the term that I think uh, is uh, both offensive and uh, very descriptive: back end specialists, right? The people on the back end of all the inner workings, right? It seems like you're like, all right, well, we'll just forget about them and they're going to do the work. But if you don't get that stuff done, nothing else works. And yet there is a disparity on the amount of information and the amount of things available and the amount of support. I'm just going to go out and say it and support for those who are doing this amazing and almost absolutely critical work. And I'm glad and grateful for your time and your perspective today. But before we get started, I think people need to know who on earth you are and what do you do? So for a 5,000 foot view, who are you? What do you do and why we're talking today? Hi, I'm Darcy Schatz. I am the founder and CEO of the Nonprofit Ops Pro, which is a consulting, coaching, speaking, and most importantly, um, a um, resource business based here in Minnesota, lovely cold Minnesota. And we support um, all the back office specialists out there for nonprofits. So we, um, if you are looking for just some information, just um, a way to make your nonprofit run more efficiently, we can provide some consulting work for that. If you are looking for some long-term admin support because you're the you're the board chair and you are tired of spending 150 hours a week um, sending emails, then we could do admin support. But um, really, um, the largest piece of what we offer and what um, is really close to my heart is all the resources that we have on our website. So I started this um, as really out of necessity for my own my own salvation, my own peace of mind. And truly, I'm sick of Googling things all the time. When I needed to find a nonprofit attorney, I needed to know what the 990 regulations were, all that, all those things that back office people have to do for a nonprofit. It's all on my website. I just, I just created it for myself and I'm putting it out there. So um, for anyone else who could use it, but that's the, that's the work that we do. We're the back office Specialists were the people who can help you really find those resources and really, you know, help your day-to-day operations go a lot more smoothly. Um, the humility is a delightful. Uh, you are the expert. You are the one-stop shop that I send everybody to because you have everything. And that is the most awesome uh, part about this particular conversation. So I'll brag you up. Thank you. I because I just think you uh, you both deserve it because it's brilliant. And, and so what... What was the turning point in which you decided to build this? Because there, there's a time where you know you have you're hired in a nonprofit and you are going to do data entry and you maybe you're answering phones and you're doing the logistics for some of the events and you're thrown into the fire immediately. Um, at what point when you were in this nonprofit world did you go? I just I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my hair out if I don't figure out something. Or was there a moment where you go, uh, this is it? Somebody has to do something about that. Yeah, so that's a. Uh, there's lots of unfortunately lots of those pull your hair out moments <laughs> in this kind of work, um, especially in the back office um, roles, um, truly in all roles. But I've been working with um, and been a part of nonprofits since I was eight years old and joined my first 4-H club, and in and all through college, and then in my um, volunteer time um, after college, and for the last 20 years, I've been really heavily involved in nonprofits as a as a volunteer, as a staff member, as an executive director, and as a board member in lots of different nonprofits in lots of different industries. 
And there was a moment about five years ago where I was helping um, an organization. So I had a business that that was doing kind of back office work for, uh, at that time, entrepreneurs, small businesses. I had a couple of nonprofit clients. And working with the nonprofit clients was really the most rewarding part of what I was doing. It was entrepreneurs, great. I'm one myself. I get it, you know, but but helping people who are trying to do some good in the world, that is really meaningful to me. So I was working with an organization that had a staff member leave because of an illness. And I came in just to help them provide some, um, some bridge work for them. And the executive director and I decided to overhaul everything because everything was taking 10 times longer than it, than it, than it needed to. They were spending way more money and not than they should and delivering. They couldn't train volunteers to do things easily. So all the systems were a mess. And so we overhauled all the systems, you know, created, put together software, put together training manuals. And by the time I left, after about six weeks, they were operating at 500% more efficiently than they were when we started. And that was really the light bulb moment for me to be like, yeah, you know what, this is really the work I want to do. I, you know what, I've been around nonprofits long enough to know that for the most part, they're all like this in some in some way or another. There are many that run great, um, but the smaller and medium-sized nonprofits who have the fewer resources and the fewer people to run them, they really um, could use someone to just guide them through, here's how you can run more one of the things that I think everybody is worried about now is where, where on earth do you find talent? How do you keep them? That kind of thing. And um, even if you've never had a job within the nonprofit industry or you've never uh, sort of even considered working, um, there are certain skill sets that, boy if, I, boy, if we had this person and this type of personality, what are those? What are some of the personalities that you work with that are back-end specialists that are just the ones who are going to get cramp done, even though you don't need to tell them, like, give them strict instructions or whatever that case be? Who are those type of people? Because if you're if you're out and about as an executive director, you're out and about in a, as a board member, and you're looking for amazing talent to bring into your organization, but they might not have the, hey, look, I'm looking for a nonprofit role. What are some of the things and skills that you would look out for as somebody who would be really, really, really good to help run your ship? Yeah, and that's a that's a what I look for in my own people. So I have a team of people that work for me, and these are the things that I look for um, in them as well. There's a couple of really key things that I look for, um, and when I'm hiring for organizations, I look for this as well. I'm looking for someone who isn't satisfied mm. with anything. I want them. I want them looking for someone. Dang. Who wants to say, this isn't good enough? How can we fix it? How can we make it better? And I'm also looking for someone um, who says, what's next? Great. We've, we've fixed this one thing. Now what's next? And most, those are the, those are things that you can't train for. Those are attributes you can't, you know, you can't, you know, put in a manual and have them, you know, have them learn, you know, those are, those are inherent characteristics. Um, you can detail orientation, great, that's important, certainly, but that that constant quest for continuous improvement, that's the standard I hold myself to, and that's what I'm looking for in team members. Some of the things that um, are a bit more intimidating at small, medium-sized nonprofits and older nonprofits is the idea that I want to make this better. I know that there's a better process. 
is always butted up against, well, it's the way that we've always done it. And I'm old guard and I don't like change. And that's the worst full stop. How do you work through that? Because I know there's a lot of individuals who want to do exactly what you just said, who understand intuitively, like this process is broken. This is stupid. I don't like anything. But if I mention it, if I say it, I'm going to get resistance. And then I don't know how to either overcome, or I don't know enough strategies in my own personal uh, sort of development, because of course there's no conferences and there's no trainings and there's no speakers who do this except for Darcy, which you should call her, but there's nobody who's advocating for us and how to teach us to get from point A to point B. What are your strategies? What are the things that you would coach up somebody who has these big, hairy, audacious ideas and knows for a fact, they're going to be better that are going up against somebody who super old, been there for a long time, or a board member who's stodgy and doesn't want to do it. I don't know what you're talking about. That never happens. And I'm I sure it never, doesn't. I this know. is a I, bad question. Making, Sorry. Clearly making something up here that doesn't exist <laughs> in the nonprofit world at all, in any elements of nonprofit. No, none of it. So there's a lot of in the I started my first business was a um was an home organizing business. I'd go to people's homes and help them organize clutter and, you know, get their to-do list done and sort through mail and paperwork and things like that. This tracks, a, by the way, this is a hundred percent, this is the most trackable yeah. thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So this is so, um, which was always very funny to like my, my family because they, um, anyway, so my, yeah, my brother called it my maid service for years, but anyway, so a lot of that job involved psychology, um, and I'm not a trained psychologist or anything, but it was listening to what people, um, where the frustrations were, listening to what was causing them um, you know, angst and, and where, and, and then taking that piece to a, a solid deliverable and, um, and an action that could, that could address that. And that's the same, same in the, in the, in this kind of work in the nonprofit world. So you're, I encounter that a lot. So people who are looking for, um, looking for change, looking for something, but they're not sure how to, how to make that happen. They don't know what resources are out there. They don't know how to, they don't know what software or even that software exists to, to fix this problem, you know, that they, um, that they're trying to, to fix. So I, I have, I start off with a lot of conversations with, with, people in the organization and they're just conversations. Tell me what is, um, tell me what's, fr what's frustrating you. Um, tell me what areas that you think um, aren't working in the organization. Tell me, um, tell me what you think about your area or others that could be improved. You know, so just, we're just having a conversation and the, out of that, we pull um, some actionable steps of what can be improved. So, yep, it's taking us a really long time to, onboard volunteers because they send us an email asking us what uh, volunteer opportunities are available. We email back and tell them, then they email us, you know, and say, okay, well, how do I, what does that involve? We email them back and tell them what's it involves. And so <laughs> on and on for six or eight weeks. And then, then you onboard them and find out they're not even qualified for the thing and can't commit, you know? So, so that is a, that's a frustration where we can then identify a system that will help them cut that down to a couple of weeks and which is um, which doesn't involve as much um, employee or um, volunteer. Um, one of the things that I think is uh, interesting is that I think we as uh, either executive directors or development directors 
Um, we just assume everybody knows what uh, what we do. Uh, we just assume everybody's going to understand it, even though we don't really like detail. Like most of us are just kind of like hyperactive about the thing. Like, hey, just, just get it done. That's kind of a thing. What are some of the misconceptions or the frustrations that individuals who really manage the back end have about us? We don't have to name names, but I'll just take the blame for all of these things. Like what, what do the things that we do as the development directors, executive directors, the ones who are just a little bit much, what are the things that are the most frustrating to deal with? So that we can learn ourselves and maybe manage some of those things in the back end. Because I think that that's the we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to, you know, label anybody. I know, but we've got tendencies. So um, let's use me as a muse. Uh hypercaffeinated, probably undiagnosed, ADH, whatever it is. I it's probably clearly. What is the most frustrating thing that we do to back end specialists? And how can we begin to mend those things with? those who are actually running the organization? Well, and I think there that's a it's a great question, but I actually, I'll take that on myself as well. I've been an, an executive director. I've been um, operations manager and I've been a board member. And so I've been in that, I've been in that same role. And that that's why I like, um, I've worked with a lot of different organizations because I can come at um, all the client work from a lot of different perspectives and really, you know, where what's happening and how things are interacting so I think the there's a definitely a tendency to assume that um, elves come in at night or during the day and do and do much of the work. And mm-hmm. so there's and the people who are great at what they do are just are just doing their job. They're they're and so no, they're not going to tell you every email they sent, every idea they had, every you know great newsletter they designed and emailed to, you know, 4,000 new potential donors, because that's just part of their job. And so they have no need to tell you because they're, they're professionals and this is my job and I'm going to do my job. And it's, it feels to a a back office person, um, unprofessional and a little, and, and, and a little bit of nonsense for me to, you know, to tell other people what I'm doing, because that's my job. So I think there has, there has to be recognition from leadership, both if it's an executive director, operations uh, manager level, as well as board committee chairs, you know, things like that, that there is a lot of work being done behind the scenes that they'll never see, that they'll never know that is even happening. But if things are going well, then that's because you have really good people doing the work that they're supposed to do. If things are going badly, that's when you know that there's that there's an issue. But if things are going along swimmingly, you've got a great team. And if you as as leadership have hired people, then get out of hired good people, get out of their way, let them do their job and know that um that you've hired people that are going to care as much about your the organization as you do. If you ever question yourself as an executive director or a leader, and then just rewind that whole thing about a minute and just listen to that over and over again, my guess is that's going to be a lead clip in the uh, promotion of said podcast. And it's Thursday, right? We release these on Thursdays and Thursdays are for celebrating. We know that that's kind of our bit here, right? Um, 
it's really important to lift up those who are not lifting up themselves internally to remind themselves, A, you're paying attention, number one. And number two, to really let everybody else in the organization know that this person is a rock star. They're not going to be braggadocious. And it's not bragging on them. It's actually celebrating the fact that they are the silent rock stars. Uh, they're the, the the ones who are running the soundboard and doing all of the roadie stuff and making sure that the that everybody else is sounding great and doesn't expect any sort of pat on the back. So pat back. So that's actually a really, why don't you do that? That sounds like a really good plan, people who are running the show. Um, you probably have a lot of the uh, resources that you have uh, on your website, which by the way, we're going to drop uh, in our comment show comments. So make sure that you check that out and click there often and early when you have a problem, because most likely there's an answer uh, on Darcy's site. However, what is the one question that you get most? What is the one thing that like, how on hell do I do this? Is there one that just stands out or one or two that are just typically asked that maybe uh, you just leave them to, oh, I got to download for that. Or, hey, here's the answer. Is there just one that resides in people's front brain that they ask on a regular basis? I think there's a, there's probably two, it's probably two because there's two different perspectives of, of people that we work with. One is the kind of the executive directors and development directors and people like that, you know, people who have nonprofit experience, people who know what they're doing, they're professionals in their own right. And, um, and so that piece is how can we, um, how can we be more efficient? Mm. And that's really, so that's like across the board. It's just that it's that sort of general question. How can we be more efficient? Mm. And that's, that's a, that's a systems and process question. It's a, you know, a a software answer, you know, things like that from, but the other piece that especially small and medium sized nonprofits um, work with are where the situations where there's no administrative staff, it's just the, the board runs the organization. You don't have an executive director. You don't have an operations manager, things like that. You, The board is running the, the whole show. That is a really common scenario in small and medium-sized organizations. And those um, those are different than if you are working for, a, for a, um, an executive director or someone you know, who's already in that nonprofit professional. Because what you've got in the, the second scenario is a bunch of people who are super passionate about whatever it is that they that they want to do, whether it's um, whether it's you know unicycling, you know, or it's planting trees. You know, they are just a bunch of people who love that thing, but that doesn't mean they know how to run a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so they run into lots of issues of noncompliance, of volunteer burnout, um, of not being able to not being efficient at all with running the organization. And so for that group of people, the question is, um, can you do the admin work for us? Like we need, we need help. And so that's more often where those questions come into like, we have no idea what we're doing at all. Please tell us, you know, how, how you can help us or how you can refer us to someone else who can, but we don't know what we're doing at, at all. And it is a, there's what, five and a half million 501c3s um, in the United States um, alone. And that's just 501c3s, but many, many, many of them go under or fold because the there it's a handful of volunteers. They don't know what they're doing. And so the work that we're trying to do for, for those people, if they don't have the resources to hire um, the organization, to hire me and my team, 
we're providing them as much resources as we can on our website to say, here's what you need to do. Here in Colorado, you need to know how to do your renewals or start it. I've got a link on there for you. You need some free meeting space to meet and run your programming. I've got that listed on the Colorado page. You know, go ahead, you know, find find a local one and, and meet there. So we are trying to, you know, lift up as many organizations as we can by providing these kinds of resources. I get that question a lot from uh, the all board, you know, uh, organization, no paid staff. Maybe there's a volunteer that does a lot of the heavy lifting. And the question uh, comes up a lot, which is, it's a chicken or egg question right? Who do I hire first or who do I go and seek out to help run this organization? Do you have a preference, whether it's somebody who's got, you know, that fundraising side or the ops side? And I know it depends on like what your accomplished mission is, but, you know, maybe even run through one of those scenarios. Who are you looking for? What's that decision tree that you would maybe suggest to an organization to self-reflect on where or what direction they should go on that first person they should be seeking out to help run the whole ship? I think it's a, the question probably lies in, do you have enough support right now, enough capacity to run the organization from an admin side? And so, because if you've got enough board members and volunteers and, you know, everybody's, everybody's fine. Um, You're not, you're not burning through volunteers or board members at a rate of, you know, two every, you know, six months then you can probably look towards uh, more fundraising because you've you've got you've got people for that that coverage now so then you can look more to the fundraising um and see what you know see what and put your resources there if however you are nobody is nobody's doing compliance nobody's sending out communications to even potential donors nobody's tracking anything then you at least need someone to do a couple hours um, a week of, of admin support so that that allows the board to focus on fundraising and they maybe they then have the capacity to do some of that fundraising themselves. I know you're not a fortune teller and that's okay. We don't need to have fortune tellers on the actual podcast. There's probably several podcasts of fortune tellers, which I think would be a great thing to listen to if you're if you've listened to every one of these episodes, move on to the fortune teller episodes. But are there any trends or or certain things that you're jazzed up about that are coming down the pipeline for either, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to this in the nonprofit industry. I'm looking forward to, to sort of checking this out or, hey, here's what I'm noticing boots on the ground ops wise that we should pay attention to as nonprofit leaders. I actually am I'm super curious how the nonprofit world is going to start using some AI um, work. So yeah. um, because there's. Um, I've written I've written grants and um, and donor letters and like all of those extremely important and yet extremely tedious um, uh, documents and I boy I'm thrilled if like if like AI is going to write those for me I am all in. It's one of my most uh, fascinating. Like that's going to be the most fascinating thing I think about this year. I'm 100% agree with you on that too. And I and I think the the best part about that is um, those who have human skills are going to be able to take those AI pieces and really make them work. I don't think you can have one without the other. I honestly don't think that that's we're even close to that being yet. But the workload that I think you could undo for yourself, I think, is going to be a fascinating point of conversation uh, for the rest of eternity. What are we doing that we shouldn't be, by the way? let us I mean, I think a lot of nonprofits um, look at their operations or they look at their day-to-day 
And there's a guy, I'm so busy of doing 10,000 different things. I don't know where to start. Maybe we have an addition by subtraction. What are we doing that may be annoying us that we might not necessarily need to be doing that you find when you're working with clients or onboarding or sort of having a discovery meeting? Like, why don't you just stop doing any of this? There's a lot of misconceptions about the kind of work that that's required and the kind of work that is just um, helpful. And mm. that is, I find that a lot where some, an organization says, uh, well, it's the, it's the end of the year. I have to resend all of my donors, another copy of their donation um, receipt. Yes. And I say, what, why, why are we doing this? And they said, oh, it's required. Oh, who's, who's requiring it? Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's required. And so, so they have no idea. Someone told them that they had to do it or somebody else did it. And, um, but they are one person, you know, nonprofit, and, you know, there's one person who's trying to do all this admin work and it's, it's, I said, no, it's not necessary for you to, do this. if you can, if people, um, if you've sent them out throughout the year, then, then you're good. If people ask for them um, after January 1st, you can certainly resend them a copy of it, but it is unnecessary for you to send out um, 1,500 um, donation letters, resend them to um, to your to your donors. So it's a really um, a matter of misconception. And that is, but that, that one right there is a big one, especially this time of year. There's somebody who's listening to this in the background to actually putting together an entire mailing, sending out receipts currently that it's looking at themselves going, what have I done? If only I had called Darcy sooner, which leads me to how on earth do we call you and get a hold of you? Because I know there's a lot of individuals who say, I want to be empowered by her. I want to get answers with her. And I frankly, I wanted like to work with her, but I don't know where to start. Darcy, where do we go to go and find you and all of your awesomeness? You should go to my website, which is nonprofitopspro.com. Uh, you can Google it. You can Google me. If you find, if you Google me, then you'll also find, you know, I guess unicycling and other things like that there. But, uh, but nonprofitopspro.com is the website. There's tons of great resources on there. Um, there's also a few ways for you to work with me, um, speaking. Uh, consulting, things like that. But really it is the, um, it's the referral um, database. I have an expert um, referral database on there in which you can find the do good better fundraising help that you definitely need. So if you have stop, I mean, stop Googling people. I mean, really that's, it's, if there's one thing I want you to stop doing as a nonprofit ops pro yourself, I want you to stop spending four hours Googling for something that is probably that's on my website. And if you find something that's, that's a great resource and it's not on my website, please send it to me. There's a million ways on my website to get a hold of me by email or phone or chat. There'll be a Slack channel up there, you know, before too long, but send it to me. Let's, you know, let's put it out there for other people's use. Um, you're the best. And actually, if you are not going to uh, Darcy's website, your nonprofit pros, you, you, you're missing out on like the best resource that I have found. And I've been doing this an incredibly long time. It's the most easy to uh, to research, it's, uh, download, and just get a hold of. It's brilliant and it's awesome. Speaking of brilliant and awesome, by the way, uh, we're going to send all of those links in uh, the show notes. So you don't have to go anywhere. You can literally just make two clicks and now you can find everything you need. Finish this episode, click on the links. Uh, while you're there, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, for shame, you should. 
should leave a review too. Uh, leave a review for Darcy about how amazing she is. And that would be uh, very awesome and grateful for you. While you're in the show notes, by the way, check out Do Good University. We are open and uh, you can go get all the other resources there um, that you can get coaching. And uh, we do live AMAs every week. So that's even more fun. It's like ask us random questions and we'll give you an answer right live every week. It's kind of thing. So we do it. Do good you. And then immediately go back to the show notes and click on Darcy stuff as well. That's going to be super fun. Um, Darcy, first of all, uh, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. That's awesome. Thanks for your perspective. Thanks for your willingness to put a lot of this information uh, on the website that I think is just an uh, an incredible resource for individuals. Uh, thanks also for being a champion of those who may not uh, be front and center of the nonprofit world. Uh, it's what I adore about your position here and in giving that support staff uh, and those backend specialists the the things they need so they can be the rock stars that they are. But mostly, thank you so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. It's been lovely. You're the best. Fundraising is hard. And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a lot more content, done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, I want to invite you to join Do Good University. It's our brand new membership site. We're going to have hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions, all for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details.